guy. It's Duke from Finland. Uh, there was this Swedish guy last week uh, who forgot to mention that almost all Swedish men are gay. So that's about it. See you, bye. Welcome to the Godcast, your weekly source for religious news and views featuring Archbishop Lance Wackerly and Rabbi D. Simon. And on this week's show, we discuss the importance of marriage. The parents of Natalie, Robbie Hill, and Casey Lane. Love how they have two different surnames. Probably not married. I don't know why she has a different name. It's this liberal fucking bullshit. Celebrity gossip. You should feel shame, and the celebrities should feel shame. Don't absolve people from shame without asking me first. And the difference between Judaism and Christianity. You know what, people? Jesus like the tooth fairy. Doesn't exist. Fuck off, it's sick and wrong! Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm Lance <laughs> Wackerly. It's good to hear that slide whistle again there, Wacker. Yeah, the women like the slide whistles, from what I've heard. I've heard that's one of the most attractive features of the show to women is the uh, slide whistle. Yeah. What it... happened to your What happened to your Jews harp? You know, I was wondering about that. I don't know what happened to the Jews. I actually blame Rollo for that. I don't know what he did with it or what he's doing with it now, but I can't find it anywhere in my house. That guy has gone off the rails. He's out of control. He certainly is. I don't even know where he is tonight. Hey, was he at your house for uh, Thanksgiving dinner? He might have been rolling around in the corner somewhere, but he's kind of sneaky. You don't really ever know if he's there or not. You just sort of see him out of the corner of your eye like a poltergeist. <laughs> a poltergeist. How was Thanksgiving there, Wacker? Did it go off well? Here? Yeah, Here? Did, didn't you host a Thanksgiving uh, extravaganza or something? Oh, uh, yeah. There's about 13 people over here. It was massive. I heard that uh, it was quite organized like you were really rigid in uh in in the way when people could use like they had to sign up for times they could use they could cook their entrees in your ovens like you, you were very regimented in your thanksgiving um um your your thanksgiving regulations i guess who told you this i heard i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reveal i'm not gonna divulge my sources but i heard oh, okay. that you you ruled that uh I, that kitchen like guess, pot. i can guess how it came to you I wasn't even in the kitchen that often. <laughs> Other people cooked more than I did. So if any kind of regimentation was going on, I blame others. It, Probably it was, the person that told that story to somebody who told that story to you <laughs> was more rigid than anybody else. It was a cruel dictatorship I will say, at this my Thanksgiving. Kitchen, I, will, I, will say my kitchen was, my, I will say my kitchen was fucked the next day, and it took me like two or three hours to clean it. There was just like ham and turkey bits in the corners and in the ceiling and gravy all over in every nook and cranny. Whoa, is there a food half... fight? No, it's just people cooking. They're, they make a they make a big... I don't want to call it a mess because I appreciated people coming over and making food so I didn't have to, but it's, uh, it's a messy process. Let me put it that way. And this is, this is one thing I will bitch about because I thought people got over doing this at least in college, and they should have gotten over it in high school. Why do people still, they cannot keep track of their drinks? What do like you mean? So it... many half full, so many half full glasses of wine and half, 
full cans of beer and half drank cocktails and yes. just get left everywhere. That's a crime in some areas of the world there where to leave a half empty drink, you know? You well, should be... it's not like they didn't get another one. They get another one and then but it's they a leave waste of somewhere. alcohol. I mean, yeah, it is, unless you drink them all the next day by mixing them all into a giant mystery cocktail like I do. But I, I guess people get drunk <laughs> and happens, right? they smoke weed. Wackerly's bucket of bliss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as, you, as long as you fill it up about half with peppermint schnapps, you're not going to taste anything else other than the peppermint schnapps. That's my helpful holiday hint. So you could just mix that uh, amalgamation of all different kinds of liquors, a little bit of peppermint schnapps, and it's just going to taste minty. Yeah, well, like a third of peppermint schnapps. <laughs> or well, Aftershock or Rumplemans, any, any of your, you know, strong-tasting liqueurs. So if you had all that alcohol at your house, did anyone end up puking up all that turkey and stuffing all over, like, your carpet? No, I had pretty. I had, I had the profession. This was the A A team. This this wasn't the B team of people. When I say thirteen people, it was the first string drinkers, eaters. Partiers. These are professional. There's no, there's no yeah, there's no puking. Well, that that's probably a good thing. It's, it's it's a good thing that everybody was in control. You know, it, sadly enough, that 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 kind of was the the story behind my Thanksgiving this year. Is I ended up going to uh, my girlfriend's family's house and i remember in years past at my girlfriend's family she's she has there, there's members of her family and friends of her uh her family who tend to get a bit rowdy and obnoxious and uh, out of control when drinking it seemed like everybody this year are you, is, talking about, are you included in that no i'm i'm a, you know are i'm, you I'm well behaved i'm well behaved when i'm around uh you know the girlfriend's family because i don't want them to have a bad impression they haven't they haven't seen me in a couple of years i'm kind of a weird looking guy and they already you know don't like to have me around their children, so it's it's you know I want to try to 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 give off the most positive expression you know impression that I can. So I try to I try to maintain control until everyone passes out, then I get drunk. But are, are you trying to maintain a good impression of yourself or of Jews in general? I'm supporting because they're not Jewish. I'm supporting my uh, my my ethnic heritage, uh, my religious background. You're representing your race, and your background, yeah. My people, you know, and that, 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 my creed. That. Yeah, exactly. But that's behavior. But mainly, I'm, 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 uh, you know, I'm representing me. You know, they, I, I think these people are just kind of. They haven't seen me in a long time. I, I don't want to meet new members of our family and have to be like, oh, this guy's so weird. Even before they find out I'm Jewish, and then automatically think I'm weird because the prejudice comes to light. But anyway, like getting getting to my point here is there are a couple members of her family and friends of her family that tend to get a bit obnoxious and lose control, and everybody was reined in. You know, I kept even trying to bring over bottles of whiskey, good whiskey, uh, near this one guy in particular. His, uh, it, I like this guy because his name's a color, Red. Uh-huh. Red. Oh, that's a good name, yeah. And I've seen Red years past at Christmas and Thanksgiving just definitely just go off the reins and just be very entertaining, wildly entertaining. And this time he just had just a beer. Just really just was, he a, was he atoning for his um, performance last year? I think I think that's what it was. I think you know what it was. I think his wife just put her put her foot down. And was just like you know what, you are not going to embarrass me this year round. So, <laughs> oh, so. you just wait. Oh, I I tried. Believe me, I, I kept like bringing over the crown royal and just being like, "Hey, Red, uh, you know, can I uh, twist your arm here?" And he was just like, "Nah, not tonight, not tonight." 
Now, is that your is that your future? Is that you in 20 years? You know, because you're going to be part of this family for that long. You mean trying to encourage the rummies to get really drunk and make an ass of themselves? Yes, I, no, I probably no. will. There will there be a young smart ass at the party encouraging you while you're be like, I can't this year. Yes, dear. I'm just having a light beer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder. I, I wonder if I, I see it happening. It, it it could happen. I mean, but I, I just don't think I'm I'm not that much of an extrovert when I'm drunk. You know, I think I'm just an extrovert. I'm a, I'm at this level of uh, being an extrovert all the time. That's so why I don't know if I get drunk. I get that. You know, I don't I don't put on a performance. But some people do. You know, some people that don't drink often. Then when they do, they just lose all control, and it's it's showtime. Some you people, know? when they drink very often, also lose control. <laughs> You haven't noticed. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, Wackerly, you know, one thing is missing, I've noticed, just from the beginning of the show, and I'm, I am I just felt the need to bring it up here. W- where are my Hanukkah blessings? You know, it's the second night of fucking Hanukkah here, and you haven't said a single word. I thought we determined last year that it was rude for Christians to try and, and be, like, all down with the with the Hanukkah. Didn't we figure that out? It, 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 it's not rude or when you have a— was that just my dream— it's not rude when you have a Jewish uh, a podcaster um, a, accomplice here who, who's, you know, who's celebrating the second night of Hanukkah alone, you know, in, in my apartment. No chocolate coins. There's no dreidels. I don't, I don't even see any Hanukkah cheer. Even in your house, I don't even see anything. Well, you can only see this little window. <laughs> if you can see my living room, it's all Jewed up. You know, as opposed to, to years past here when I've derided Hanukkah as being a, a nothing holiday, a made-up holiday, a holiday that uh, that was created for the Jews just to appease their children because all the Christians were getting gifts. I'm embracing Hanukkah this year. I am. But you don't know why? You because eight gifts for your brothers and sisters? No, fuck them. I mean, we we don't do Hanukkah. We we don't do gifts. We we don't know gifts, but we 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 talk about Hanukkah. But the reason I'm saying is I don't feel Hanukkah is not a pussy holiday like Christmas. That's what I'm bringing up. It's, it's Hanukkah is not based on this immaculate conception and the birth of all oh, the baby Jesus and in the stable and all that. Hanukkah is like you know what? We're the Maccabees and we're in a we're in a temple and we have eight days of fire and we're gonna go kick the shit out of some ro- it's a badass holiday and i think i should embrace it in that regard did you say mac and cheese <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> the mac you know nothing of hanukkah you no, know what and i want to keep it that way this is america not israel <laughs> all i'm saying is i'm not celebrating the birth of this baby that uh that was conceived through um in vitro fertilization or whatever what are you ce- you're celebrating a, a, cel- a scented candle or something like that? I'm that celebrating a candle that burned for eight days and Jews being trapped in the temple and then coming out and kicking some Roman ass, all right? I don't. I never heard about the kicking Roman ass part. I added that just now. How did actually. that work out for them? It, it, they didn't actually. They, they, they did their accounting after they Didn't they destroy the, the temple? When did that happen? They did destroy the temple. They did do that. I, actually, I think they... They might have slaughtered the Jews afterwards because the Romans were, were were tough. But I'm just it would yeah, be nice. Can we can we celebrate a Roman holiday like a pre-Christian Roman holiday, pre-Roman Catholicism? They must have had cool holidays with like animal sacrifice and feasting orgies. until you puke in the vomitorium and orgiastic. Yeah. Multi polytheistic. That would have been cool. Uh, you know what? Like, can you know we what? celebrate beating the Jews' ass? 
I like, I like, well, other than that part, I like where you're going with that. Maybe we should just do away with the Judeo-Christian holidays and embrace yeah. the Roman traditions around this time of year and just have orgies and uh, gladiator fights and um, lots of drinking of wine. Eat, eat a penguin or just all kinds of endangered animals. That's all they did, yeah, really, and just a toga party. Actually, you know right. what? That we should do that. Roman, Roman holiday. That's what it should be, the whole month of December, Roman holiday. I think that's what we're going to do here. So I imagine you probably had a Roman holiday when you heard what yeah. NASA had to say today about um, about the the findings of uh, of aliens among among us human beings here on Earth. Were you excited? That's another good holiday, the ET holiday. Were Were you excited? Did you like get on the phone immediately, grab your cell phone, and just start? Texting the other members of the science fiction club and be like, emergency summit, emergency summit, science fiction group team, we must meet up, you know, and talk about these, this NASA finding. Like, were you guys pretty excited about it? No, no. That's the science fiction club. The alien contact club <laughs> is completely different. Wait, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a ranking member. I just receive the the memos and updates and bulletins from that one. I mean, I'm I'm not nearly... That high up in the alien contact team. So the club. science fiction club is just for science fiction. That's it. It's just science this is fiction si- movies. This is science facts. This brother. is science. Yeah, this is science fact here. So science fiction club does not even think about science fact. Well, we think about what it could be, but once it happens, then it's science fact, and that's a whole different thing. Okay. So, so then, you but, understand the difference. No, I, I can understand not in the club, but you, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely, I've never even been invited to the club. I mean, because I know you're in the pretty candle or whatever that lasts a long time club, but I want to make sure you understand the, my club, the badass Maccabee Jewish club. Okay, that's not what I'm in. All right, I don't want you to offend my <laughs> club just because you feel offended about your club. But okay, do you think some of the members though of the science fiction club were excited today? Like, did, were were you a little bit? Oh, on I'm edge? excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm just saying it's, they're different clubs. I, yeah. I'm not on edge. Maybe a little on edge. Okay, did you did you tune in? Did you go on the internet after NASA announced their uh, they had a press conference today? Did, did you go on the internet to find out what they had to say? Yes, I did. See, I I knew the inner nerd was going to come out. When you heard I this. didn't go to the actual NASA website. I think I went to another. You didn't well, news stream it outlet. live. You know, Wackily, I actually got to say, I, I found this quite disappointing. I think they flashed us a red herring here. Oh, so you were excited, and now you're disappointed. Nah, you know, I was a little bit excited. I must say that. I, you know, I I'd heard earlier in the week that NASA had this major announcement. It was going to affect, um, you know, the 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 our impression of extraterrestrial life. It was going to um, show that the quest for alien life has actually uh, has actually had like a successful outcome, and uh, all of a sudden it's it's like what what do they find a microbe in a lake in California? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, you know, I was ex- are pretty goddamn boring. Yeah, I, I admit. I was expecting this a, blue, is a, a blue as microbes chick. go. This one's good. I was expecting a blue chick with three titties. You know, I was expecting something kind of cool. Maybe a, a person that you peeled off the skin, there'd be like a lizard underneath. Something interesting. Microbe. Who cares? I think they really did drum up attention for this, and it was undue. I, I think they flashed a red herring here. They got my hopes up, and, and oh, they were undue. dashed. That's a strong word. Undue is a strong term. Okay. You're expl- accusing. 
<laughs> I'm, exp- I'm accusing NASA of, um, of taking advantage of people, taking advantage of people's ignorance, appealing to what people want to hear. I mean, they, it's, it's, this is sensationalism on NASA's part. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't think they called it an extraterrestrial, which you, that's, I think you, you were expecting an extraterrestrial, a sentient being from outer space. Yeah, when you when you, you hear when a, you hear the quest alien for alien life. life, yeah, okay, alien, alien, you know, aliens connoted with ET. I was thinking, wow, right. so they're finally going to bring out ET from Area Fifty One, or or like a Venezuelan. Okay, well, illegal alien, obviously, but I'm just saying when they say <laughs> the quest for alien life, I mean the first thing that pops into my head, yeah, you know, is Alf or something. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm not thinking of. Well, we found a microorganism, and this microorganism, you know, is can survive on a on arsenic has a different DNA. Oh my God, this is a, this is going to change the the face of uh, of science research for forever now. You know, it's just what like who cares? Oh, okay. You don't care about science research? No, I, I understand. I mean, okay, yeah, I, I guess it's a bit exciting. All right, the um, this... it does, it does, plus, can I point out it doesn't survive on arsenic? I mean, I guess you could put it that way, but it's it's like made of arsenic. Explain what it is that, that 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 they claim is this alien life form that they found. Well, like you said, it is a microbe. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to generate undue attention. But, uh, <laughs> undue so excitement number, was generated. That's what I'm saying. Everybody else, everybody who's not an alien, from like the plants to the clams to the birds in the air to the Jews <laughs> to the Romans. <laughs> What else did I miss? That was about everything. Right? Like we're all made of uh, d- uh, DNA that's made of what? There's six things. There's let me phosphorus, let me carbon, right. hydrogen, oxygen. Uh, wait, I have a. I actually have the periodic table on my iPhone now. <laughs> Give me one second. <laughs> is that a is that a requirement of being a member of the science fiction club is to have the periodic no, table. This, in your, is my okay. pers- this is my personal thing. Really? Right. I can tell you what all these are. Carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus. Uh, what's this one? Helium. Sulfur. Okay. Sulfur and hydrogen. Those are the six things, but this but- thing doesn't use the phosphorus. It uses the arsenic, which is incidentally right underneath phosphorus on the periodic table, which is means that they're, similar in structure and behavior in some way that I can't remember because it's been a long time since I've been in AP chemistry. <laughs> but but they say that this new discovery will change the equation of, uh, of, of a life form, of what they've always defined as a life form on Earth. I mean, it says that the... Well, yeah, and, he, and here's why it's actually a big deal for actually finding like what you're looking for, which is an alien with three boobs. Before they Three had to look titties. out in space, and they had to, they could be blue, or do they have to be blue, or can they be green or purple, or I'd I prefer know, blue, but color? I'm I'm open to other colors. How about brown? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I could deal with that as long as there's three titties. All right, because I can get you some brown titties. Oh, you need three. <laughs> okay, uh, check that box off. Um. So they look out at all these planets and they have to find, and they're like, okay, well, if we're looking for life, we need to find a planet with these six things, you know, the hydrogen, the sulfur, the phosphorus, the carbon, the whatever else I forgot, the nitrogen. But now they can like say, oh, we can also look for places that instead of the phosphorus have the arsenic. So that like 
doubles the amount of places they can look, planets they can look at for life. And now they can also say, well, if it could be arsenic, then it could be like all this other shit too. And then they can look at even more places for life. So it just expands the target range of places that they can look for living beings. Right. Emphasis beings on they can look and not really that they found. They can keep looking and they can keep searching, which is what they always say. It's a letdown. It's a, they got our hopes up. They generated all this excitement over this, like, oh, my God, we found this in, in the scientific community. Yeah, I'm well, sure the, scientific. To be, to be honest, to be honest, they got your hopes up. <laughs> okay, I'm sure Sounds scientists like. were, you know, had massive erections this whole week about this. And, but, that, but, that, but, but, you know, like commoners, like laymen, like, like myself here, who, um, you know, grew up watching a lot of science fiction movies, here hear that NASA is about to to make this 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 huge announcement about the discovery of alien life you get excited you know you get excited you you get a, you 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 stay tuned to the internet and then you find out oh it's a microbe that we found what a letdown how disappointing well you got to admit weren't you a little disappointed no i because i didn't get my hopes up <laughs> i knew it would be some bullshit like this do you think do you think that anybody will make any money off of this and I asked for a specific reason. Well, no, okay. they found bacteria. Dude, you could probably find six different kinds of new bacteria on that crackhead's penis outside of my house right now in the Tenderloin. I don't think it's that exciting. I don't think um, it's that groundbreaking. Well, see, if you went out and looked, if you went out and talked to that crackhead <laughs> and, and got a sample up his dick, maybe you could be famous too. Do you think Bob Madigan has the same DNA as other human beings? <laughs> Well, the reason, I, the reason I ask that, whether you think this is going to lead to any profit, because it's interesting you said that the scientists had boners, because it was actually a woman who, who did this discovery. You know what her name was? The, women can have white on, so I don't know if it's a female equivalent of a boner. Um, well, you got to be specific then if you're talking about white ons and boners. Um, right. Okay, oh, you're God. never going to guess. No, her I'm name is Dr. On... Felisa. Dr. Felisa Wolf Simon. Oh, Doctor Simon. Yes, I'm familiar. Maybe with you could that. get some of that money. Is it a long lost <laughs> relative? She could. I looked at her picture. She could be a relative of yours, perhaps. And she's the one who actually discovered uh, this alien life form in the in Mono Lake in, in near Yosemite, right? Mono Lake, yeah, near Yosemite. That's where it came from. So right now we have this alien life form that's just kind of swimming around in this lake. Yeah, I don't even think it really swims. It doesn't have any like fins or anything. It sort of just sits there on a rock, and or it, maybe floats. And it just kind of floats. And and they consider this a huge breakthrough because it changes the probabilities of there being life on other planets. Because you're saying now we can search for arsenic-based life forms, or or right. life forms that, that use arsenic. But what about the what about this alien life form that we have in Mono Lake right now? What are we going to do about that? Um, well, I, yeah, I wonder, I mean, is this a threat? It's I, a, it's, it's technically a, com a competing life form. It's not, it's not the life form that we are all part of in the biosphere that we know and love, right? What if it's the an evolving life form? People. What if it's an evolving life form? I mean, think about it. It's like, here it is. All right. Maybe it's been, uh, I don't know, been around there for a couple thousand years, you know, maybe a thousand years. Uh-huh. And it's rapidly right. evolving. That's not a that's not a long time in the evolutionary scale, but okay. But who knows? I mean, maybe these arsenic-based life forms evolve really rapidly. They would rise up and try and crush us. Is that what you're saying? I'm just their, saying their maybe we and modes of thought. 
Maybe we might be pitted in a battle for survival. Here's the thing that's really scary is that they don't need to evolve to for us to be pitted against them in for survival. Like if they just started had a little mutation where they didn't have to live in this godforsaken shitty lake anymore. What if it just spread across the earth and like ate up all you know, some type of food that we need to run our bodies. And it might be something like just minuscule that we don't even need very much of, but like maybe you need like one nanogram of uh, some, you know, sick and wrongium or something element. And, but this... you, only, you know, you don't need very much of it, but it's key to our cells working and all that shit. And what if this thing sort of got a hold of it and could it, and ate it all up faster than we could eat it all up? And then we would all just like slowly die looking like, you know, phase five AIDS patients. <laughs> I, you know, but and nobody and see, no, nobody can eat this bug because it's not food. It's like it's something it's like trying to eat, you know, a toilet or something like that. It's not it's not life. It's not like eating a plant because plants are made of basically the same shit we are. You're saying this bacteria, you know, might uh, might might slowly evolve. Maybe uh, take on a new life form, or maybe take over a new life form, and then start. Um... It doesn't even have to evolve. I mean, it has to maybe mutate, like I said, one step so it can get out of this shitty lake. But that's not really evolving. It just has to spread uncontrollably. And so, much like a disease, where we, here we are in a, in a struggle for survival against this rapidly yeah, it's, spreading it's disease. Yeah, it's very scary disease. You might want to call it a disease, but really it's just a different life form using up all the resources that we need faster than we can. And, then, and since it's a different life form, we can't really mesh with it, meaning like nothing can eat it or control it. So, Wackerly, essentially you're saying out of your xenophobic um, attitudes here, you're thinking we, we just discovered this new life form, but we should destroy it before it destroys us. Yes, I think you, we should just nuke the lake. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> because if you if you completely just fuse all the matter in the lake, you know that'll wipe out anything. It doesn't matter if it's a microbe or of any kind. So what are you that saying? We should just drain this lake, or we should just go over there? Yeah, drain just it, nuke it. Nuke it. <laughs> yeah, but what? Okay, well, what if this arsenic-based life form can use the you know the the radiology from that to become like uh, Gojira? You know, Godzilla and it comes out and then, then it's even larger life form and it's worse than it was before. You mean like the, at, at ground zero? Well, then use two nukes. <laughs> <laughs> use oh, as many nukes as you have to until it's all gone. I mean, the, everything in the area is just a crater that goes to almost to the center of the earth. That's what I'm talking about. You know, and I kind of, you know, wankily, I must say that I think you have a point there because I think a lot of people are so excited. They get swept up in this 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 excitement of discovering a new life form, discovering an alien life form, and thinking that all aliens are going to be these benevolent, innocuous creatures like E.T. or ALF or um, right. um, Data or, or Data's not. He's a robot. But, <laughs> Data's uh, a robot. <laughs> Data's a robot. Or um, other Spock. aliens. How about Spock? Spock. Spock. Nice yeah, alien. Spock is an, or a Wookiee. You know, they they think they think it might be Alf. A, yeah, Alf. Did I think I mentioned Alf? Alf. Yeah, but Alf was kind of like a Wookiee, but a retarded looking Wookiee. But that's what they 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 think that these aliens going to be like these benevolent creatures. So everyone's excited to see them. But you know what? Really, have we learned anything from Hollywood? How many movies have had benevolent, innocuous, harmless alien life forms that come to Earth? 
I think you just mentioned them, and one was a TV show, meaning Alf, so maybe four. I, I can't really think of that many at all. Uh, what would we say? Uh, cocoon? Cocoon at a... Oh, yeah, Cocoon. A cocoon? Uh, what, uh, what about... I mean, pretty much every other alien life form just com- comes over here to steal our natural resources, to consume us. Um, look at some, Independence Day. Some movies Day. are a little bit... <laughs> some, some movies are ambivalent, though, because I don't know if you're familiar with the Critters oeuvre. Um, I, I, but, I've like, seen the Critters, critters come. But those were evil creatures. The critters come. Right, right. The, that's what I'm saying. It's ambivalent because the critters come and they're obviously evil and they're here to fuck shit up. But then other aliens follow them to murder the first aliens. Remember the bounty hunter guys? Oh, yeah. They come over to kill the critters. But what about uh, what about right. Predator? I mean, Predator is just here to get a human trophy. He just wanted a skull and backbone. That's true. Yeah. But so, once again, in in uh, in Predators versus Alien, or Aliens, the Predators, the predators are hunting the aliens. the aliens. So who's to say who's the bad guy there? I guess they're both bad guys. But all I'm saying is both, I don't think kill we, us. I don't think we should be so welcoming to these alien species. No, I think you should to to take a fantasy movie. I think we should treat this like the pure evil in Time Bandits. <laughs> Just don't fucking touch it. Don't mess with it. Just nuke it. Just nuke it. Yeah. Yeah. And ju- just nuke it and just let it go. You know, maybe we could search for other arsenic-based life forms, but not on our planet. Not so close to home. Yeah, no, uh, you always have to be vigilant. You, you do have to search for it, because if they find it someplace else, they got to nuke that, too. <laughs> okay, so what if we actually do find, like, a whole other sentient creature? Should we just nuke that planet? Probably nuke it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's another planet, you can run an as- you can ram an asteroid into it. Hey, what about North Korea, Wackerly? Yes, nuke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you should be a diplomat. I, I think you'd be great at that. I think I should, too. That would, that would be a fun job for me. Lance Wackerly, interplanetary diplomat. I think that, I think that yeah, sounds good. good. It's a good title. All right, well, I've got to say on this, uh, the, the matter's closed, but it was quite underwhelming. And, NASA, I'm, I'm very disappointed with you for uh, throwing this red herring in my face, getting me all excited, and then just saying, Oh, we found a bacteria. Lame. A paramecium. <laughs> just lame, dude. Lame. You need. Can we get you a gavel? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't so you can be like, this. this case is closed. <laughs> Done. We're we're moving on. We're moving on to our sponsor. That's what we're doing. Live read for the sponsor now. I um, need to hear what smacking wood. That's exactly, and then that just is kind of like case closed. No more talking about aliens. You know, we're that's going to probably on. end up in a you know a sick and wrong remix, isn't it? Yeah, wood smacking on wood. <laughs> so it's pretty gay. So, Wackerly, this is episode, uh, two, what are we at, 255 here, sick and wrong? Are we on 255 already? Yeah, yeah. I think I, so. I believe, I believe this is episode 255. And um, uh, people, you know the way the show works. Wackerly and I uh, comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be news of the weird. It could be strange crime as well. We present them here on the show. Audience votes and determines which is the most sick and wrong story of the week. People, you can send your stories to sickandwrongpodcast.com, submit them via Facebook, or send them through the Sick and Wrong Forum. A winner always does get a Sick and Wrong care package. Uh, we received some good stories this week. We actually did receive quite a few. It's difficult to pare it down. But before we get to our first story, how about a quick word from our sponsor, audible.com. You know, actually, Wackerly, on the way down to L.A., I listened to an Audible book for the first time, and I enjoyed it. 
On your iPod player? Uh, no, it was in the car. I guess it was on the iPod player attached to the car. Yes, it was an iPod player that we listened to the story attached in in to the to the to the car stereo. But it was, I would say, it was probably the most tedious ride I've ever had to L.A. L.A. is only about maybe five hour drive from San Francisco. You think four and a half? Yeah, that's true. Um, that's on the true, holidays yeah. and holiday traffic, it's about eight and a half hours actually. It yes, was, I did that drive coming the other way on a Thanksgiving weekend one time, and I tried to. I just didn't even think about it and left at like prime time. What I guess it's not rush hour, but holiday traffic hour out of L.A. And I believe it took me like ten or twelve hours. Yeah, it was bumper to bumper traffic. It took us about nine hours to get down to L.A. And uh, yeah, so for you know we were kind of at a loss for entertainment, so we we ended up. Uh, Going through and we've listened to we've we've already like went through and listened to all the music that we could listen to. Listen to a couple comedy albums and it came to the point of what else do you have? Oh, you have an audible book. What what book? The Woman in White, a dramatic reading, and it was great. It, you know, I actually found it quite enjoyable. So, um, what the I'm, hell is that book? I've never even heard of it. I, you know, it was like written by like Charlotte Bronte or something like that. Or no, not oh, no Jesus. Wilkie Wilkie Collins. <laughs> so, you know, I don't remember who it was. It made the nine-hour uh, sojourn down to L.A. seem like eight. You know, <laughs> it was it wasn't that bad. So, people, you can go to Audible. someday. I'll give you my dramatic reading of um, a tree grows in Brooklyn. <laughs> It would yeah. have made it more like seven and a half. <laughs> People go to audible.com. It's the internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Uh, listen whenever and wherever you want, just even during traffic. Uh, they have over a thousand science and technology titles and over 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles. Uh, there's over, in total, 75,000 titles to choose from from every genre Audible has it covered. So go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle. Sign up for an account and get a free audio book. It's a good thing to listen to in traffic, um, you know, alongside Sick and Wrong, you know? Um, you know what I forgot to do? A recap of last week's show, actually, of who won episode 254. Well, this so, is the normal time we do it, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think I kind of jumbled up things, you know, like keeping people. I don't, I don't want to be so predictable, you know, I kind of want to be a little spontaneous. <laughs> And yeah, uh, this show is very spontaneous. <laughs> so uh, we're going to recap of last week's show before we get to the stories of this week's show. Episode uh, 254, we had three listener submissions. Uh, listener one sent in a story about um, a corpse storage tree. It's like a green method of uh, corpse disposal. This guy dis- disposed of three corpses inside a tree. A uh, listener two yeah. sent a story about a Cambodian stampede. And listener three sent a story about a um, a man who beat up his wife because uh, there's no ricotta cheese left in the refrigerator. Uh, the story that won was the corpse storage tree. Actually, uh, ended up winning two fifty four, kind of by a landslide. Apparently, people thought that was the most sick and wrong story of the week. So, congratulations, there, listener one. You won the sick and wrong care package. So, uh, why not kick off episode two fifty five here uh, with my first listener submission. <laughs> Uh, this was sent in by Matt. Uh, Matt wrote, I reckon he farts in the bathtub too. Teacher indecently assaulted female pupils. A music teacher's been found guilty of 34 charges he faced over indecently assaulting nine female pupils. Michael Crombie, 73 years old, which is old. 
to uh, be a it seems pretty old. It seems old to be a pedophile, but then again, you know, look at all those Catholic priests. Uh, he taught privately. He taught private music lessons. Forced his victims to strip naked and duck their heads underwater to satisfy his deviant fetishes. Apparently, he had a underwater fetish. I imagine. I wonder if a guy like this could watch like the Little Mermaid and just that's oh, yes. porn. That's porn to him. He doesn't need to see For anything sure. else. Doesn't need to see nudity. Just that's it. You know, a woman swimming around with a bunch of crabs and and fish. Um, <laughs> but then, what about a, Splash? Yeah, Splash. I bet you that probably would have been uh, that probably would have uh, satisfied his fetish as well. This guy now, is. But, uh, I, but if I jerked off to Splash, does that mean I have an under? Is it a? Is it? a necessary and sufficient proof of having an underwater fetish or can I just jerk off to splash and not be a, uh, uh, a, a what, are you, what is this fetish called? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to call that case of the bubblies. Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't know if you'd have a case. of the. I guess it depends on when in the movie you jerked off there. Wackily. Like if you were jerking off to Daryl Hannah swimming around underneath the ocean, you have a case of the bubblies. But if you were jerking off to her with legs on the water, just walking around naked or eating shellfish at a restaurant with Tom Hanks, you're just a, you know, a regular pervert. What if most of the times I was jerking off were the John Candy scenes? That's a different fetish entirely. <laughs> <laughs> you're into big, fat comedians. <laughs> chubby chaser. We prefer the term chubby chaser, dude. <laughs> So Michael Crombie here encouraged girls to get into his bathtub, telling them that by putting their heads underwater, they would, quote-unquote, improve their breathing techniques and become better musicians. couple things here. Kids will believe anything these days. Seriously. Mostly. They're so gullible. Yeah. I, mean, I guess they've been gullible over time. They, they obviously believe in Santa Claus and an Easter bunny who lays eggs. At least Hanukkah, we don't expect them. And a candle that burns for eight days. Well, at least Hanukkah, we don't expect them to suspend their disbelief all that much. It's like, okay, yeah, we okay, there's a candle that might burn eight days, but, you know, there's a bunch of badass Jews in that temple. Now, was it a really big candle? Was it like a candle that was like 24 feet long? Because I could believe that that would burn for eight days. I don't know if it was a 24-foot candle. I think it was like a, a scented candle. Think, think yeah, but was... scented candles, if you leave one burning, it's out by the next morning. But believe me, because I've passed out drunk after taking a giant shit, and you light that scented candle, and the next day it's gone. Which sucks, because those things cost like five bucks. Yeah, and you just, you shouldn't have, yeah. You know, I don't even think a scented candle really disguises the smell of feces all that much, actually. I think a match does a better job. I know, but I get all bourgeois when I drink. Like, oh, the smell of... Feces. My nose cannot bear to smell it. I will conceal the the odor of the feces with this potpourri candle. Then I light the candle, then I fall asleep with my shoes on. On the toilet? Yeah. (laughs) Usually. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it was just a... uh, I think it was actually an oil-based candle, like an oil lamp, and the lamp burned for eight days. So it wasn't even a candle at all. No, was it a big, big lamp (laughs) with like a giant reservoir of oil? I think it was a lava lamp with a lot of oil in it. But I'm trying to point out, it was a miracle, though. It was a miracle because it lasted God intervened. God intervened. God intervened, yeah, definitely. It wasn't just like, we should have gotten a bigger candle. Yeah. 
No, no, God intervened. Although I don't think God intervened in the case of uh, Michael Crombie and his underwater fetish here with little girls. Because he, he ended up uh, molesting at least nine of them. He also not only forced them to, to get into the bathtub and disrobe and put their heads in the water, he also bought a fish tank and told his pupils to duck their heads in the fish tank so he could watch them breathe in a technique that he called bubbling. Bubbling. Wa- Wackerly, did you, did you ever play an instrument in uh, high school? A couple different instruments, yeah. And I'm not talking about the skin flute. I'm talking about regular, like, real instruments. Now, I could never play my own skin flute. I wish I could. <laughs> my penis is not that long, and I'm not that flexible. Now, I played, I played the trumpet and uh, what the saxophone. Did you play these on your own accord, or did your parents, like, you know, I think it's a good idea that you play an instrument, and you're going to be in band, and here you go. You have to do this. I cannot remember because I remember hating it, but I also don't remember my parents telling me to do it. I think I thought I would be cool at one point and then realized that it wasn't helping. It was hurting. Yeah. You know, really playing the trumpet in the high school band is not going to get you laid. Playing a guitar in a band, you know, right. that, that plays in high school probably could get you laid. So but listen, the guitar up, always required. But the guitar, and maybe it's different now, the guitar required private lessons. Like, you would have had to do it after school and take time out of your video gaming or running around in the woods, you know, hitting each other, your friends with sticks. And so I didn't want to do that. But this seemed like it would take up school time, which already sucked anyway. Yeah, band class. And I thought I was going to be like the next Dizzy Gillespie or somebody, <laughs> or, or Louis Armstrong, and I figured they got laid. Once in a while, but it didn't work out. And but I mean, did you play it like all four years? Did you stop it like sophomore year? I think I stopped. I get to remind me what which sophomore is ninth. That's ninth grade is freshman. Eighth grade. Okay, yeah. So eighth or ninth, I stopped. I remember I played a vicious triangle in eighth grade, and uh, I continued playing the triangle until ninth grade. But by the by the end of ninth grade I was like, you know what, I'm done with this triangle. I'm I'm not getting anywhere here. And there's not too many bands I know of that still that want a triangle player. And so no. I was done I was done being in the triangle. But I do remember being like, you know, band cl- triangle. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember band class being well this is actually kinda cool. I don't actually have to be in math class or chemistry or anything and all I gotta do is sit here and bang on this triangle. And not to mention we had this uh you know, extremely ornery uh, band teacher who was just a terrible drunk. Even by like our band class was like eight it was the first period, so it was like eight in the morning. The guy was faced with like he'd already just come into class, already plastered. He's the type of guy that would wake up in the morning, probably drinking like three beers, a pint of whiskey, come to class and just be, look at his class and just you know, contemplate his miserable existence. And usually he would just be like, just play, play instruments. And then he'd just go into his office. You could see him through his window just laying there, sleeping on his desk. It was one of my favorite classes in high school. I probably should have stuck with it. So but, you were a percussionist? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I just played bing, bing, triangle. No, you, you, you didn't know? just play the triangle. That's all Nobody's I did. No, I did the triangle. That's, that was, that right, was no, I, I believe that you did, but what were you supposed to be doing? Oh, I think, you know, I think you're supposed to switch off and, like, play all right. the different drums. But I was like, you know what? This triangle is mine. And I would just sit there. And Actually, I, I didn't really do that. He'd pass out. We'd go outside and smoke weed. But, was that um, the only instrument that your family could afford at the time? <laughs> <laughs> you had to bring that up. You had to bring that up, <laughs> goddammit. 
<laughs> anyway, getting back to my story here. Crombie, I never had to take private music lessons. And that's where something like this would happen. You know, our drunk right. souse of a music teacher didn't have the time or the opportunity to put your head in a fish tank. But when you're going to somebody's house, that's when I would never let my kids go into this old man's house and come back, you know, and, and take private lessons with this person. I, I just wouldn't let them do that. I don't know. I mean, maybe if I was there for the first couple times, but st- seriously, this guy, as soon as, a, as a, he would videotape their pupils as they lay in the bath naked, he told one, one girl here, age 10, that by holding her breath underwater, she would improve, improve her breathing techniques and would get better at playing the recorder. Right. Would you really but, let your little never girl said, play the recorder? Well, well, why do I have to be naked? <laughs> Mr. What's his name? Grombie. Conroy? Grombie. Yeah. I guess the corner. And none of these kids ever told their parents that they got naked during recorder practice? Recorder's I think not it... even a real instrument. It's what like is a whistle. Recorder? It's a, is, it a, is it just a whistle or is it a it's flute? Like that, it's like that. Pla- it's not a real flute. It's made of plastic. You blow in. It doesn't even, you know, you just blow in one end and there's little holes for your fingers. What's your slide whistle you pre- made out of, Wackerly? Look. <laughs> <laughs> This slide, I'm like, I'm like the Eddie Van Halen of slide whistles. I don't have to take any lessons, and nobody's molesting me. <laughs> this shit. That's some jazz whistle right there. Dude, I admire your breathing techniques you use on that. Well, slide I <laughs> I do use this technique to improve my breathing. I get naked and hold my breath under the under the water, In the face down. But I'm just doing this privately. That's where it's different. So the court heard how he touched the people and kissed her. He gave her money, told her to buy a bikini before encouraging her to get into his bath, remove the bikini, and she could learn the breathing techniques. Um, he was arrested. They found eight films in his in his home that were viewed by police, and they're all made by Michael Crombie. In the films, all the victims were underwater in various stages of undress in the bathtub. He's being so charged. They make, they make bikinis for eight-year-olds? Mm. Sorry, you're just going to gloss over that point? <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that. She was 10, but apparently they do make bikinis for 10-year-olds. Why? And why would anybody ever buy a bikini for their 10-year-old? What are you saying? Like, when you're a child, you have to wear a one-piece? What about JonBenet Ramsey? That could, the JonBenet Ramsey what, was what, wearing a bikini what, by the age of six. When you're 10 years old, what exactly is holding the bikini up? What is, what is the bikini even on? It yeah, just it just seems stupid. <laughs> yeah, one, one piece for for my daughters, uh, you know, one piece all the way until they're thirty. I'm talking burka until the age age of twenty five. Yeah, one of those nineteen twenties bathing suits, <laughs> you know, which is really a suit. It's got like a vest and everything. Is that what the Amish wear? Yeah. Um. So yeah, Crombie was arrested and convicted of 26 counts of indecent assault, 7 counts of making indecent images of a child, and 1 of possessing indecent images of a child. Uh, they hope that uh, by bringing this, uh, this, this case to light, he might end up getting um, 10 years in prison. They hope this result will bring the victims a sense of closure that they fully deserve, and uh, they urge any other victims to come forward and uh, speak to them. So, you know, Wankerly... It's it's difficult for me to give this a high score on the sick and wrong star scale. You know, when when you score a story here on sick and wrong, you want a story that's that has atrocity. It's horrific, and uh, I I think we've done molestation stories 
you know, stories where a pedophile played a starring role that were much more horrific than this. I mean, personally, it's like, how bad is it to put on a bikini, get underwater, and blow bubbles? I, I think you're going to live through this. Right, but he molested them, you said. I mean, light, that was light the extent touching, of what light happened. touching. There was no penetration with his member. I, I'm just saying that I think that... Uh, Think about think about having to get in some cre- creepy old poor man's bathtub. Yeah, dude, you know I saw par- Neptune dirty I, apartment. I saw Neptune King of the Sea. You remember the episode of Different Strokes where Dudley and Arnold were at uh, Mr. Gordon's bike shop and they got in the bathtub and well Dudley did. I think Arnold wised up and left. But you know, Dudley went on to live a normal life. Yeah, I can't believe you just asked me if I remembered that. Of course I remember <laughs> it. It's my favorite episode of all time. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean that was uh that whole episode. The point of it was was to point out how traumatic it was, and you don't seem to have taken that. And how do you know Dudley went on to live a normal life? Did you get the like reunion show or something together? No, but I'm just saying I didn't hear that he you know robbed a convenience store. He he wasn't a midget that was married to like a hideous troll that threw him down a staircase. He wasn't doing softcore porn. I didn't hear about any of that. So I'm just saying that he, that he didn't exactly go on to have an illustrious career either. No, but I, you know, I bet you he probably works at like you know he probably drives a bus somewhere in like a you know a, a metropolitan area. I'm just saying maybe I, I, maybe he actually works <laughs> on a submarine. Maybe he drives a submarine. He he might actually do that, and then he gets to play. He gets paid to play Neptune King of the Sea. I'm just saying, yeah. I think these kids will will survive, and and in the on the molestation scale, it's it's really not that bad. So I'm going to only give this three no uh, three point five. Hmm. I give it. Let's see. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Four stars and a bubble. I swear that was five. <laughs> okay, wait, four <laughs> stars in a bubble? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, um, I guess we'll have to see what the, uh, the you know, the, the listening audience thinks of that one. What, what do you have here for 255? Um, this came in from Miguel from North Carolina. Which I think is close to Virginia, isn't it? It's on the same side of the country. I think it's... Uh, it's it, it involves another case of uh, mistreatment of children. <laughs> uh, did you? Oh, well, this is a good question for you to lead into the story. Maybe do a little bit of a segue action. Did you go? Uh, did you do any shopping for Black Friday for your Hanukkah gifts? You know, I I actually I didn't I didn't and I think mainly because I didn't I don't think I could uh, I don't think I have the metal to to brave those crowds. You know, people who were spending the night like three days in advance, and I, I you know I saw some people got crushed against doors. Security guards were there was it was like a stampede at the Best Buy. Yeah, well, I love watching the stampede footage every year. That's like day after Thanksgiving. You're just laying around being lazy. I love, you know, turning on the TV and watching the stampedes. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, like the running of the bulls. Well, this involves a, per, a couple people at a mall. That was the segue I was trying to establish. Um, on Black Friday? Well, over the weekend, it looks like. Well, actually, maybe on Tuesday. <laughs> Why do they call it Black Friday? Um, because that's when uh, stores go go from the red into the black on their accounting. People think it's like you know evil shopping friday but it's it's an accounting thing 
when you're in the red, you're in the negative. And this is the week, that's the week or the day of the year that you get a bunch of sales and you finally make up all your expenses for the year. Yeah. And then the rest of the year, it's all, it's all gravy, baby. Right. So did we make up our expenses? Are we in the black? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. And people, you could help us out with that. (laughs) No, seriously. I was, I was a little disappointed at our uh, Black Friday sales. I think we sold two (laughs) t-shirts. Well, did you wear your special holiday uniform at the storefront that day? Dude, I stood outside with like a big sign saying like, buy a sick and wrong shirt for for hours, jumping around wearing a clown suit. And no one paid any attention. No stampede, though. Nothing. Not even a little stampede? Hmm. Nothing. So, well, so what, what happened here in the mall? This old Mexican granny... And I'm just assuming she's Mexican through from her name. She might be a, a citizen. And she is actually only 50 years old. But she is a granny because she's a grandmother of a child. Her name's Carmela de la Rosa. And the kid's name is uh, Angelin Ogdoc. O-G-D-O-C. Well, they were at the mall. And I think they were at the mall with like the, uh, the rest of their family, too. I don't think Grandma just took this little kid to the mall. The little kid's two and a half years old. And they're shopping away with all the other holiday revelers and listening to the... Maybe they took uh, the little kid to the Santa, put her on Santa's knee, maybe. It's cute, Uh, it's cute. And, you know, it it comes time to leave. Get the picture taken for the kid. It'll be good when she's older. You can embarrass her. Just urinate on Santa's knee. Go ahead. That was the plan, at least. And, um, you know, they they were done with their shopping. It was the end of the day. People can get kind of stressed out. Even if you're not consciously stressed out, you've been standing, your legs hurt, and by the end of the day, you're carrying just huge bags of shit that nobody needs, but that you bought and ran your credit cards up for. You're all hyped up on uh, Orange Julius? Orange Julius is coursing (laughs) through your veins. (laughs) Yep. It happens. Which, for anybody who's not from maybe the Midwest or the, the East Coast out there, an Orange Julius is a malted, frothy orange drink that they only make at the mall. Yeah, I've never been able right? to get one uh, any place other than the mall. I love them. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of wish... You can actually make them at home if you buy the malt mix, you know, and you've, if you have a blender and some ice and orange juice. How do they taste with vodka? Probably pretty good, and I think I probably did that once, but I got so drunk that I don't remember it. But uh, just, it just uh, it's a nice, refreshing, creamy, orangey drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> Julius talk. Yeah. And I think they make strawberry ones and shit, but the real one is the orange one. And Where's so, that? yeah, you're hopped up on sugar. They probably have been drinking Starbucks coffee because they have those in the malls now and they're caffeinated. But, you know, all that shit sort of drops you like a rock and your endorphins all go down and your serotonin takes a cl- nosedive off the cliff and you can just get very cranky, right? Well, so this mall has a big uh, parking structure. And to get to the parking structure, if you're on the top floor of the mall, which apparently is five stories in the air, which is a big mall, a five story mall, would you say? Yeah, that, uh, that's a pretty large mall. I like the the, the the malls that are just kind of they're 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 flat, one floor, and they're just kind of those long, stretched out, drawn out malls. Yeah, that's a that's sort of a mi- central Michigan mall. Yeah, right. Not a really mall. a strip mall, but just one of those malls that's just kind of one floor. It's just really long. You can walk from one end to the other end. No. 
Yeah, not a strip mall. That shit's got to be indoor, especially in the wintertime. Like, I'm yeah. not going to be freezing my balls off waiting for my girlfriend to go through the Victoria's Secret, but miraculously spend an hour in there and not buy anything cool for me to look at later. Like, what the fuck were you doing in there? Oh, I got these flannel pajamas. Really? You got those in Victoria's Secret? Thanks for nothing. You don't even want to know what I'd be doing Moving in there for on. an hour. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I guess I'll go back to the Radio Shack and look at bullshit. Uh, so Grandma and the two-year-old are walking over this footbridge that connects the the mall proper to the parking structure. And like I said, it's open air, and it's five stories up in the air, which kind of seems kind of unsafe. Well, I'm surprised that they would have just a just a, a suspended is it a suspended bridge or is it just it's just an open walkway with. With just railings. You could lean over yeah. and spit onto people, passers-by. Yeah, apparently. So the grandma, without any further ado or any uh, warning sign, no provocation. threw the baby over the side. No provocation. She tossed – oh, sorry. Did I say fifth floor? It's the sixth floor of the garage, but only the third floor of the mall. So I don't know if it's some type of M.C. Escher drawing or what we're talking about here. But she – uh. She threw her off the side. And in the original report, they just said the kid fell. But it's been established that the grandma picked her up and, like, launched her over the edge as you would a chewed-up, flavorless piece of gum. So, well, yeah, very descriptive. So I'm wondering here, and I'm, I'm not sure why this is important, but it is to me for some reason. Did she just grab her by the arm and just kind of overhand toss her? Or did she just kind of pick her up, <laughs> hold her for a second, and then just chuck her with both hands? I think it was kind of an overhand toss because <laughs> I think it was very fast. If she would have been dangling her like a Michael Jackson type move, is that what you're thinking? Well, yeah, I was wondering if she was just holding her at first. How old was this kid? Two? Did you say a toddler, right? Two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. So I wonder if she was just holding this kid and then just kind of was like leaned over and just dropped her. Or did she just kind of fling her accident? over the side? No, I'm just wondering if it was premeditated. I, th I think this was premeditated. No one would just do that, just fling a toddler over a bridge. I mean, of course, we've all wanted to do that, but I don't think we would just do it. <laughs> I think well, nobody can explain why the grandmother threw her. Was said. she by herself or was she with other family members, like the parents? I think other family was there, although the story is a little bit thin on detail at this point because I think they're trying to sort of get the case against her all put together and they don't want to spook anybody. Um, the guy, a guy who lives next door to this grandma says that, uh, she was a sweet, happy baby, says, uh, Russell Jackson, who's their neighbor. De La Rosa would sometimes leave the blinds and the front window open when she was caring for the girl during the day. And he says that you would see them in the window waving at you, adding that she would encourage the toddler to throw kisses to her neighbors. See, it starts like that, where you throw kisses to your neighbors. Next thing you know, head is in the fish tank. And you're naked I think it's this whole thing where, you know what I think it is? And this kind of creeps me out, and I've never talked about it before on the show, at least. The, the weird, like, overabundance of affection that a grandparent has for a grandkid. You know, I guess everybody's going to say, like, oh, how, that's the sweetest thing in the world. How could you think? But it's, it's too much. It's it's like even a parent and a kid, even the parent acknowledges that like, yeah, this kid drives me up the fucking wall once in a while. And whenever I can get a like five minutes break, you know, I'm like downing shots of whiskey because this taking care of this little two and a half year old 
It's just driving me fucking mad, you know? Yeah, but a grandparent... But like, the whole grandparent... But the grandparent, all the grandparent is, is just love and showering the kid with attention and gifts. And then they leave when the kid misbehaves because they don't have to be a disciplinarian. They, all they have to do is, but is, I think, is be affectionate. But you're, you're making it sound like the grandparents, like the equivalent of an aunt or uncle or cousin or something. Where the aunt or uncle will be like, oh, it's a cute kid and I'll hold it for five seconds and then you're out of there. But I th- the grandparent wouldn't leave if you wouldn't let them. You always hear... You know, like our friends that are our age who have kids and they're just like, wow, my mom and dad just like they come here and not, now that we've had the kid, they never want to leave. We've got to fucking kick them out. And all they want to do is like do baby talk with the kid and they bring all this bullshit and buy the kid all this crap that we don't even know what to do with. You know what I mean? I, you know, personally, I, I, I always found old people to be exceedingly creepy, especially when I was a I, kid. I, I didn't like to be touched by them. Even my own grandparents, I, they, they were old. They smelled bad. Uh, they, their wrinkly skin freaked me out. You know, the taste of their <laughs> sour milk from their teats. It just, I didn't like it. I, 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 just, uh, well, I just always felt the whole experience unsettling. Grandfathers, on the other hand, though, I didn't mind them. I like my, my grandfather I, I, did was you like the milk from his teat? <laughs> it's a bit more, I mean, it was also a bit acrid at times, but, uh, but yeah, a little, I guess a little sweeter than my grandmother's. But no, my my grand my grandfather actually was kind of entertaining. He was just he was just an old curmudgeonly, just a fat old curmudgeon curmudgeonly bastard. Like I I remember him just being. I mean, I was a kid when I, I was. I think by the time I was nine, all my grandparents were dead. But uh, I just remember my grandfather though was uh, in particular was just he was always enjoyable to me because he was he was just so mean to the rest of the family. Like his my mother, my mother's sister. I mean, he was just such an ornery bastard. He would sit there, get drunk all day. That's all he did. He would just get drunk all day and insult the women of the family about their weight. Just make comments about their weight and how much weight they've gained every time he sees them. And I was thinking, and I, I love going to his house because he had a stack of Playboys. And I was like, you know what? You have a life that I want. I wouldn't mind just sitting in my house, you know, uh, drinking rum all day and insulting all the women of my family. And then when I'm tired, I'll just go and jerk off to a Playboy and uh, go to bed. And then I can tell everybody to get the fuck out. You're almost there, aren't you? Close. I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll, I'll, I'll fulfill this dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So old people can be cool. But this is what the point I was going to make is, so they have this like intense, the grandparents have this intense feeling for the grandchildren. But I think just like any intense affectionate relationship you like you know if you're a dude and you're dating some girl and you're way too into it you know if you get spurned you can snap and go the other way and have like a violent emotional reaction and maybe that's what happened here i you know i i I think that that probably is what happened i think the or i think the the grandmother was jealous of uh the bond that her daughter had um with her child maybe and uh, you know, and and sought this maternal bond once again that she could never have because, you know, her uterus is dried up and she probably has no ovaries. It's a withered husk. <laughs> it's just a withered, yeah. It's a withered husk of just dried skin or and beef to, jerky. Or, or there's always there's always the chance that she was just massively drunk, <laughs> drunk on orange Julius and vodka. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I could imagine being a parent. Just you know, obviously you trust your mother more than anybody. And uh, here you are trusting your mother with the livelihood of your, your own flesh and blood. And next thing you know, 
the crazy bitch chucks her over a, 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 a bridge five stories up. You know. Yeah, and, I don't. I should. I should point this out too. The girl didn't die until like two days later. Wow. God, that, that, that kid. Uh, that's a tough child there. So on the sick and wrong stars. That just took an extra two days. So on the sick and wrong stars. I'm going to give that a five star. Grandmothers should not be throwing their children over the bridge. Especially during the holidays. That's not the right time to do that. Maybe midsummer. Yeah. Or end of summer. Yeah. I, mean, I just, yeah, end of summer maybe, but I mean, during the holidays. It's going to ruin everybody's Christmas shopping experience. I also give it five stars, but I wish the grandma would, would give a statement as to what she was thinking. Um, perhaps we'll hear it in the future. So, Wankerly, the third story we have here for episode 255 came in from, I think his name is Walt. Walt. Walt from Birmingham. He says, I thought you chaps might be able to relate to this. Sounds like a party at Wackerly's house. Killer kept landlord's like genitals as a souvenir. You know, I've been to a few parties at your mm-hmm. house, Wackerly, and I've never seen you sever anybody's genitals and keep them as a souvenir. So I'm thinking this guy is exaggerating with this claim. A man killed his landlord before hacking off his genitals, telling a friend that he wanted to keep them as a souvenir. This story is just pure psychopathy. This guy is a pure psychopath. I'll be the judge of that. Finish the story. <laughs> this guy is just crazy. I mean, he's, he, he's just a psychopath on all, the, all meanings of the term. Michael Stephen Owen Darcy, 31 years old, was a boarder at his landlord, Mr. Easton's house. He is currently on trial for murder. Uh, the jury this afternoon was shown graphic photographs of the landlord, Mr. Easton's mutilated body, he was clutching a knife against his neck, and a children's book, Pussycat, Pussycat, was open on his chest. Uh, the jurors are also shown mm. images of his messy, cluttered home. And these are two great Australian terms here that I've never, well, I've heard of one of them, but I've never heard of this other one. Uh, this story took place in Australia. But um, Mr. Easton's messy, cluttered home, where a whippersnipper was left on a couch in a council wheelie bin was parked in the lounge room. You ever heard that term, whippersnipper? I have no idea. Is it a weed whacker? Yeah, is it some type of candy bar? I'm picturing it as some kind of like circumcision tool, but like an Australian (laughs) circumcision tool, or maybe it's just like whip that snipper, or maybe it's just like a what they call a can opener. Open up the Fosters. You know, it's a whippersnipper. I don't know. Um, when you when it comes to Australia, you never know what the fuck. They're doing <laughs> I right have now. no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, Mr. Easton, the landlord, was found with forty-one stab wounds to his body. His penis and testicles had been completely severed. Uh, the thirty-seven-year-old man was lying back on his bed, a bloodied children's book on his chest, and band-aids with open eyes drawn on them were covering his eyes. Oh boy! Yeah, classic. You, you know you're dealing <laughs> with a psychopath here. There was a stack of electrical equipment, including a film camera, stacked at the end of his bed. When police developed the film, and that, that's got to be the worst part about being a cop, and I know we've talked about this in the past, when you find, like, uh, you know, uh, child rapist videos, and you have to sit there and watch, you know, pile, pour through these videos. I imagine the police are just like, do we really have to develop this film? And they're like, yep, you got to check it out. Well, pl- plus they get in there and they're like, what the fuck is this, a Kodak? <laughs> It's fucking 2010. We get, we get, is this is that a digital camera? Can we just look at the pictures right now? No, we gotta take it to the photo mat. We'll get them next week. 
What the fuck? They don't have digital cameras in Australia. I don't know if you knew that yet, but they don't. They call them Snapper Whipper, Photo Tripper. They're called, yeah, Wheelie Snippers. Um, when police developed the film, the problem with the fucked up, the problem with the fucked up Australian language too, is like if I go to Spain, and I speak in Spanish, yeah, I kind of understand them, but I can go to my community college, my JC. And take a Spanish class. Like, none of the JCs or the community center, they don't give a class in how, how to understand an Australian. You're just on your own. No, Can you even yeah. be, buy a phrase book? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could you could look it up on the internet. But, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're in Australia, you just have to wing it. You just kind of yeah. be like, oh, so so that's a whippersnipper. Okay. Even though you have plus, no idea what they're talking about, you just know it's like you don't want to piss them off because they'll probably get drunk on Fosters and rape you. Plus, and when I when you go and look up stuff on on the internet, I just assume that's all the Australian trolls are writing shit in that's wrong, just to screw with you. So when you do go yeah. over there, and you, yeah, and uh, you're gonna say the wrong thing. Next thing you know, you get your teeth knocked out at the pub. One of those giant cans of Fosters is crammed up your rectum. Never walk the same huh. after that. So when police developed the film, they discovered that the landlord, landlord Mister Easton, while deceased had been put into poses by the person taking the pictures. Poses, eh? You can tell this guy was just like, this is going to be a Facebook moment for me. <laughs> it's going YouTube straight material. on the Facebook page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I, it's, I, I think it takes a special... As soon as I develop this film and scan these pictures into <laughs> my computer. <laughs> That's how they do it in Australia. Uh, the jury was told that Mr. Easton's testicles were found in the kitchen sink, and his penis was found wrapped in cling film which I'm assuming is saran wrap, but it might be some kind of... It, but it might be some kind of, like, uh, film that they use for an Australian camera. And placed inside a salt container. Oh, so, a salt shake. Yeah, but that's what we call it. I, I wonder how large this salt container is. Because <laughs> a salt shaker is usually kind of a small, you know, little item, a little bit of salt in it. <laughs> Mr. Easton was, a op was an openly homosexual man. On the night of his murder... He came home from a shift in the intensive care unit at the hospital and consumed prescription drugs, drugs that he claimed to have stolen from his work. Uh, Mr. Easton, then, and the accused, and a friend of the accused, all had a party and danced around the home with their penises exposed. Really? You know, you might think, wow, this is some real aberrant homosexual behavior, but this is typical for an Australian party. This is and this is not out of the ordinary. Usually, there's a kangaroo involved or a saltwater crocodile. So I mean, is that what they mean when they talk about dancing around the kookaburra tree? Yeah, it's it's just a bunch of men dancing together with their dicks out. It's not it's not really even a gay thing all the time. Waltzing um, Matilda is that what they call it? <laughs> During the dancing, uh, Mr. Owen Darcy's friend engaged in a sex act with Mr. Easton. All right, that, that's kind of gay. That doesn't happen at all the, uh, the at all the uh, Australian yeah, yeah. parties. After that, Mr. Well, Easton... Once you get down to the man-on-man -man sex act, that's when it, pretty obvious yeah, that's that when it becomes the gay, gay situation. Uh, Mr. Easton then retired to his bedroom, and the accused here, Mr. Owen Darcy, followed. Sometime later, Darcy returned to the living room and told his friend that he had just killed Mr. Easton. He goes, if you don't believe me, come have a look. The court was told that the man went in the bedroom and saw a bloodied stab Mr. Easton lying on the bed. He watched Mr. Darcy jump on him, stab him with a bayonet several times, and cut his penis and testicles off. He emerged from the room laughing, and uh, 
and uh, holding Mr. Easton's penis, saying he wanted to keep it as a souvenir. You know, I think at the penis-exposed dancing part of this party, I would have been done. I would have been like, okay, dicks are out. I don't care if there's a couple Fosters still left in the fridge. My time at this party is, is finished. But this guy, his buddy here, not only danced around with the penises exposed, witnessed the homosexual act, saw his buddy come out of the bedroom holding the man's severed penis and saw a bloodied body over there. He still hung out with him. He hung out with him enough that, uh, that, that he took photos of the man with the dead men, uh, then left, left in uh, the landlord's car, bought some heroin, dumped the vehicle, and then hung out at a hotel until they got arrested. Do you think this third man is also a psychopath, or do you just think he was being manipulated by a psychopath? I think he's a man who's bored. A thrill seeker. Well, I'm I'm bored, and I'm not doing that. I just think he likes to hang with psychopaths. He's just one of those guys that's like, you know what? I like a good story every time I go out. You know, there's a lot of people that are just like, I'm bored, and it's like, I'll go out and I'll be like, okay, well, it's going to a bar isn't cutting it for me, you know? Going to go see that next Harry Potter 7 movie just isn't exciting enough. This dude wants to see some dick severing and some dancing around the kookaburra tree. And maybe just some dicks <laughs> in general. <laughs> So yeah, um, uh, the, Mr. Darcy is is pled not guilty to murder and not guilty to interfering with a corpse. He has pled guilty to the lesser count of manslaughter. I think this is going to be more than manslaughter, but uh, the trial continues. On the sick and wrong star scale, Wankerly, I'm going to have to give this one a five because this guy is a veritable psychopath. Oh yeah, they need to permanently lock him off. That's that. This is not Although somebody what, I would want to hang out with. If you're in a prison colony, you <laughs> go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that's normal there in Australia. So I'm going to give that one five star. I give it a five star also, just for the band aid with the eyes drawn on the band aid on the eyes. Yeah, I wonder if that was done with a sharpie. They do like <laughs> eyelashes or you something. You mean a sharpie? A sharpie? I wonder what they call a sharpie. A sharpie? A whip a sharpie? <laughs> whip a snip a sharpie? Shipper? <laughs> People, we invite you to decide who won episode 255. Go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com. We've got a couple phone calls, a sick and wrong hotline, and an email that I want to get to. Um, But before we get to that, how about a quick word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. So there you go, people. Go to adamandeve.com, type in diddle for the offer code upon checkout, and uh, yeah, get 50% off your item. Go buy some dildos for the holidays. Makes an exceptional stocking stuffer. Wacker, we got a few phone calls. The Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number. 
Um, yeah, why don't we play call number one? Hey, Stick and Wrong. This is Callie in Mississippi. Uh, I was just listening to last week's episode. I'm a night maid at a hotel uh, here, and yes, I have been flashed more times than I can probably count by men and women. Uh, what they do is they normally ask for towels or ask you to change their light, you know, light bulbs or something, and they'll just be sitting there in all their glory, and you just kind of have to go in there and go, oh, okay, bye, and just leave. So, love the show. Bye. So she sees naked men and women on a regular basis at her work. And she doesn't seem to like it. Yeah, you know, well, I guess. I, I would think it would be a perk. Yeah, it's funny. It's like a lot of people go to, to clubs where they pay a lot of money to see that. But yet she seems to be opposed to it. It's interesting to me, though, because I think that's what we were bringing up last week when we were talking about the flashers is, is well, what do you do to do it? I, I, I had no idea that you just kind of sit there with a towel and just have the, the maid come in and just pull your towel off. I, I guess it makes sense. Or, or just have the towel off already, and when she walks in, you're ready to go. And and just kind of laugh. It seems like the night nurse here, or the night maid, not night nurse, night maid doesn't seem to be all that bothered by it. I think she's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Happens all the time. I don't. She doesn't sound like she enjoys it, though. No. Yeah, but I bet you it if it was... like it's a, kind of a pain in the ass part of her job. They're probably pretty gross people. I bet you if it was David Hasselhoff, she wouldn't be so frowny frowny. No. I, I, he probably doesn't stay at the caliber of hotel that she works at. What are you saying? She works Although at a Red Roof Inn? Who am I to say? Maybe. <laughs> I think she sounds like a high-class chick. I think she probably works at, like, the Radisson. I just aren't all the maids at the Radisson Mexican? She doesn't sound Mexican. No, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she was Mexican. I don't know. Who knows? Well, what do we have for uh, call number two? TP. Nice. It's been a while. Hey, sick and wrong. It's Trucker Paul. I was just listening to 253, and I guess you guys actually miss me, which makes that two people in all of America. Uh, I don't really have any sick and wrong thing. I just want to call in and tell you I'm still alive. i um been working on my diabetes, diabetes, and... Um, yeah, I did have another little girl, except uh, we just celebrated her two-year birthday, so I guess it has been a while. Uh, I got three kids, um, mini trucker Paul, um, started saying all kinds of racist, nasty shit on his Facebook, so he was grounded, uh, not by my choice, my wife's, thought it was funny. Um, I've uh, I've lost 65 pounds. Uh, my diabetes is under control. Um, one thing I noticed when I lose, I lost all this weight. My my dick got about two inches longer, which actually makes it like average now, nice. which is kind of cool. Good for him. Um, like Lance, I've been getting in into uh, riding my bicycle. Um, when I was younger, believe it or not, I used to actually like race Tour de France, kind of not that race, but that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to get back into that. I look like a monster with everyone else when I ride, but 
last month I did my, what they call a metric century at 60 miles all at once. I was pretty happy. Um, maybe sooner or later I'll actually give you guys a before and after photo. Uh, we need a photo of Trucker Paul in his cycling spandex, I think. Yeah, that's what I kind of want to see here. The, the little hat, little cap, and the uh, the spandex outfit. Maybe we could put that on a T-shirt, or at least a sticker. Or yeah, or I'm thinking wall size poster. <laughs> well, that's just gonna be for my like subway size poster. Yeah. I quit smoking too. Uh, I quit drinking. I don't know. I guess I'm now boring. Hopefully, I'll come across some crazy shit and. I'll call in and let you guys know. But Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah or whatever, you fucking Jew. And uh, that's it. Adios, lick my balls. Wow. You know, that, that, that was I a, hope he's still shitting in a Walmart bag. Yeah, that was a whole different side to Trucker Paul that um, I, you know, I never knew really existed. It's interesting when somebody can do a complete 180 with their life, you know? It, it sounded like before Trucker Paul was just kind of like this beer-guzzling trucker shitting in a Walmart bag. And, uh, you know, off, fending off the lot lizards, smoking a ton of cigarettes. And, and now it, it, it's interesting. Now it's like he's... You know, he's got some young kids. He's losing weight. He's biking. I, I, I always, my first, my first image is, you ever see that picture of those big fat dudes on those little motorcycles with the cowboy hats? The Shriners? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're Shriners. They're just like, it's a famous, uh, it's an iconic photo of those. Those two big fat oh, yeah, twin yeah. guys. The twins. The, the twins. twins. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I picture that, but now I'm, I'm wondering, I, I think, uh, Trucker Paul might be more of like a Lance Armstrong type of guy. Yeah, we might have to just call him Cyclist Paul now. Cyclist Paul. I wonder. What do you think his trucker buddies think of this transformation of character? They don't like it. <laughs> what do you think? He's not allowed in like the trucker rest stop bathroom or something? It's like you got to go not. to the other bathroom. But I, don't know if you no- I don't know if you noticed, but if you're out on the highway, a lot of these truckers are like hardcore evangelical christian types now they've got the jesus fish on their truck and quite often they have some type of religious airbrushed painting on the side of the of the cab or like a inspirational message from the bible there have you noticed that or is that just me yeah I, so maybe they did they might not have liked Strucker paul before yeah so maybe maybe now i mean maybe now they they they, they, they like him a little bit better well, he's he still has the catch line lick my balls. They probably they probably don't like him that much better. One thing I don't want to gloss over though is I, I like the fact how uh he actually w- wasn't upset by his kids racist rantings on his Facebook, but yet the wife was. It, it's interesting. I wonder if the uh the, the you know, who who's actually the disciplinarian here in the family? Do you think Trucker Paul's like you're grounded but you can still play your Xbox? That's all right. Yeah, I think he's the pushover. Yeah. I wonder and how racist are we talking here? I mean, come on. I, I bet you he's making fun of Jews. He's probably drawing <laughs> a big nose picture of D. Simon there on his notebook. Um. Anyway, Trucker Paul, it was great to hear from you, and I'm glad you're doing so well. I wish you the best of luck with your family. Congratulations on uh, losing the weight, and uh, yeah, we hope to hear from you in the future. 
You know, Trucker Paul's always somebody who has a great story. So it's good to know that he's doing well. He's keep he's gonna keep on trucking. You know, the more weight healthy you, lifestyle. The more weight you lose, the more lot lizards you're gonna have to fight off. You better get a That's big true. you better get a baseball bat or a big stick at least. He's gonna be like the Tom Cruise of the lot. I think he's gonna be like a Sylvester Stallone type of figure in um over the top. How about uh Patrick Swayze in that black dog movie? Yeah. Similar. No? Too scary. <laughs> Good to hear from you, Trucker Paul. People, call the Singerong Hotline, 206-666-3846. We also got an email here, the Singerong Podcast at Hotmail.com address. Uh, We got one from uh, Anomalous. He says, hey guys, sadly, I live in Reno, Nevada, and was unable to help vote for the POT initiative in California. Believe, Believe me, I would love to be able to get high legally. I'm a fat guy on a diet, and pot's a zero-calorie high. You know, I, I beg to differ with you there. I don't think pot helps you lose weight. Pot makes you eat no. lots of food. It's a ca- it might have zero calories, but it's a catalyst for more calories. Yeah, I mean, it's it. it, it I mean, how often have uh, have you seen like a a high on that doesn't that isn't like within arm's length to a bag of Doritos? You know. The problem is, I work on an oil rig. And if I'm caught with marijuana in my system, I get fired. It's not even a question of being high at work. If they find it in my hair, I'm fired. It's a zero-tolerance thing. Wow. I I figured those those BP oil workers in the Gulf must have been pretty stoned to have that happen. Apparently not. Yeah. You you think the workers on the oil rig, it was their fault? They, like, poked the hole too deep or something? I don't know. I just pictured. I I don't know. For some reason, I always thought that those guys would probably party and you know at least uh, smoke a little weed every now and then. I bet you they're big drinkers. That'd be my guess. You know, out on the high seas, navy grog, that type of thing. Yeah, buggery. Probably. I have two weeks off each month, and when I'm not on the rig to do whatever I want, um, but if I smoke pot even during those two weeks away from the rig, I lose my job. Is it fair? No. Should you cry for me? Nah. I get paid really good money to do almost nothing for two weeks and then take two weeks off to do literally nothing each and every month. As of this email, I spent the last 10 days being paid to sit on my ass and wait for a helicopter. I'd trade pot for that in a heartbeat. Still, it'd be nice to light up every now and then. Anomalous. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I guess, what, what do they do on the oil rig? I mean, isn't that all automatic? What do they just press a button here and there? It seems like a Homer, a job Homer Simpson could do. Well, he is in Reno, right? That's not really even near the ocean. Where is this oil rig, anyways? Yeah, he doesn't really specify where it is. You'd think that would be the type of job that would be great for somebody who smokes weed. It's like you're not going to get bored just sitting there doing nothing because you're high. You think if you weren't high, you'd get bored, and then you'd start pressing buttons, and that's what causes punctures to the the you know the pipes in the in the ocean, the Earth's crust. Yeah, you know, you'd think you'd want them just to be high and just kind of sit there and be like, here, you know, play video games, listen to Fleetwood yes. Mac. Don't uh, push those buttons over there unless one of them turns red. Then that push that one. 
You know, I, I think we, we got another email from somebody else who also was lamenting the fact that uh, he can't get legally high. I never really thought about it that way. It's like, I guess I can get high whenever I want. My job doesn't drug test. And I didn't really think that many jobs in California still do drug tests. But there are a lot of jobs that do that. Most, you know, you haven't worked for a large corporation for a while. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and I imagine any kind of like blue collar position, they probably drug test on a regular basis. Mm, I don't know. If you've got a strong union, they'll generally try and be anti-drug testing because they think it's too invasive. I think you're much more likely to be drug tested if you are like middle level white collar worker at, I don't know, DuPont or something, some big company like that. Yeah, I'm surprised, though, that they would go as far as, as be so thorough as to actually drug test their hair. So uh, that's that a, that's a bummer there, guy. I think, um, you know, perhaps they don't actually test for uh, Robitussin. You could probably uh, drink a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Heard that packs quite a wallop. Uh, people what else is good? Like, aren't there, what's that thing you smoked where you get, go to a different dimension? Oh yeah, what the hell was that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend them to. Uh, I forgot the name of that stuff. It's, it's escaping me right now. But I wouldn't recommend them to smoke uh, salvia. I wouldn't recommend salvia. them to smoke salvia and uh, work on the oil rig. I picture that might be like a shining type of scenario. But when you're at home, you can, right? Yeah, why not? They're not going to be able to find it in your system. People, give us an email: sick and wrong podcast at hotmail dot com. Uh, Wackerly, uh, you know, I don't know when the last time you were on the Sick and Wrong Forum, but I was on the Sick and Wrong Forum this morning, and I noticed uh, that the, the thread... It's actually something interesting I noticed. Two things. One, I like everybody bagging on P-Town from the last podcast. That was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, uh, I noticed in... Uh, I think it was the general thread. It might have been the photos thread. Uh, the Miss Sick and Wrong 2010 competition. But oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I was reading it, and everybody was saying, what happened to Iron Man? Seems like everybody misses him. It seems like Iron Man hasn't been on the forum in a long time. What happened to that guy? He's been on the forum. And you know, I've been, I've been seeing him. He's been on the forum as recently as this week. Oh, okay, because everyone was saying that they thought he left the forum. Like, I think uh, uh, I read a couple posts where people were saying that, that Iron Man um, is not coming back anymore because he's too ashamed about something. <laughs> what that, would he have to be ash- after all these years what would he have to be ashamed about who knows <laughs> I, 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 I mean I guess in a, in a normal I don't know why you'd have to be ashamed on the sick and wrong forum I think in regular life and maybe around his family or his minister or as school teachers he has a lot to be ashamed about <laughs> right in the context of the forum though there's not much shame going on people try and shame each other but well, that's why we're bringing it up, people. On the Sick and Wrong Forum, no one really knows who you are. And everyone accepts you for what you are, a complete and utter deviant. So um, if you don't want to be shamed, just go to the Sick and Wrong. Well, you will be shamed, <laughs> but you won't feel ashamed because you're among, your, you're among people, a similar people. Go to the Sick if and Wrong shame, Forum. If shameful people are shaming you, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it cancels it out. So go to the sickandwrongforum.com, become a member of the Swarm today. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show via iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. Keep us up in the Top Comedy Podcast. Actually, I've noticed we've been in the What's Hot category consistently this week, and it's given us a lot of exposure, so we appreciate that. 
Make sure you order a Sigurong t-shirt right now at the Sigurong store. As we've mentioned before, it's a good gift for the holidays. You might have missed Black Friday when you could have uh, taken advantage of some of these Sigurong savings. Um, but um, it's never too late to buy a Sigurong uh, t-shirt or some stickers. Also, check out the Cafe Press store. Uh, we got all sorts of Sigurong items to buy. Finally here, Sigurong Song of the Week. I'm actually, I, I picked this one here this week. Um, it's Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song, which I'm sure you're quite familiar with, uh, really? but it's but it's performed by Neil Diamond. Have you heard that okay. version? No, I thought you were going to do the original, and I was going to punch you in the face. No, I actually kind of hate that song. I, I'm not a big fan yeah, of Adam Diamond Sandler. That sounds good. You know, not only is it performed by Neil Diamond, who's a damn fine singer and songwriter, damn fine singer songwriter. You know, he is an aphrodisiac for middle aged Jewish women. Uh, but there's a there's a guitar solo in the middle, like shredding guitar solo in the middle of the song. Neil by Diamond Neil knows how to rock a song. By, uh, wait, did you say Neil Diamond or Neil? Who? Neil Diamond. I didn't say Neil Pert. I said Neil Diamond. <laughs> Who was I thinking of? Neil Young. I think you might have been be thinking. Good. I actually wouldn't mind Neil Young doing this Hanukkah song. <laughs> that would be pretty Hanukkah. good. But but Neil Diamond yeah. Neil Diamond does a damn fine rendition. So uh, okay. we're going to end the show here with Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song performed by Neil Diamond. Happy Hanukkah out there to uh, all you Jewish listeners and to um, all you Christians, all you goyim out there. Um, yeah, Christmas just around the corner, so uh, you get to celebrate that. We'll be back next week with episode 256. Till then, take it sleazy. There are so many beautiful Christmas songs around and so few Hanukkah songs. So I thought we'd try this one for you. Put on your yarmulke. Here comes Hanukkah. So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Yeah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents. We have a crazy night When you feel like the only kid in town Without a Christmas tree Here's a list of people who are Jewish Just like you and me David Lee Roth Lights the menorah So do James Conker Douglas And the late Dinah Shora Guess who eats together At the Carnegie Delhi, Bowser from Shanana, and Arthur Fonzarelli. Paul Newman's half Jewish, Bodhi Horn is too. Put them both together, what a fine looking Jew. You don't have to deck the halls with Jingle Bell Rock, cause you can spin a trailer with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, both Jewish. Put on your yarmulke. So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. O.J. Simpson, not a Jew. But guess who is? Hall of Famer Rod Carew. We got Ann Landers and her sister, dear Abby. Harrison Ford's a quarter Jewish, not too shabby. Some people think that Ebenezer Scrooge is Well he's not, but guess who is? All 
I do like how Pat kind of deceived me, though, with uh, beers this week. I, you know, I didn't buy beer because I noticed I was like, oh, sweet. I have three left. That's enough for me. I don't have to worry about it. And I looked. Yeah. He, Pat put empties with the caps back on. So they're in the fridge in the fridge. Yeah. So when I, I, I pulled out the six pack, there was one MGD left and the two Bud Lights were empties with the caps back on just looking like real beers. So. We may have one it's beer. Pretty sweet, Frank. Yeah, he got me. He got me pretty good. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Blue beer balls. I have blue beer balls right now. That's that's what I have. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts real bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> 